Welcome to Journey Through Classical Piano. I'm your host, classical pianist Yoon Kim. Regardless of whether or not you're a lifelong lover of classical music, this podcast is meant to show you how important and relevant classical music is to today's world and to bring the live piano concert experience right to your living room. I believe classical music is for everyone, so let's start listening together. Before we get started, if you'd like to support the show, please head over to patreon.com slash journey through classical piano. Your support helps me to create more music and project to spread the beauty of classical music. Also, if you liked what you hear, please take a moment to give a rating or review on Apple Podcast. Every positive review and rating is much appreciated as it helps other potential listeners find and enjoy the show. I also wanted to let you know my second segment of 30 by 3 virtual concert, 30 minutes for, for three different programs. It's coming up February 21st on Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific time. So if you're interested in joining me in this concert, wherever you are, I will leave ticket link in the show notes below. Even if you missed the first segment of this concert, um, if you are a ticket holder, then you will be able to get access of the first concert so you're not missing anything. So I'm looking forward to sharing this concert with you. Today, I will be sharing Chopin Ballade number no. 4 in F minor, opus 52. Of the four ballads, number no. 4 is considered um, by many pianist to be the most difficult both technically and musically. According to composer and pianist John Ogden, he said, number four is the most exalted, intense, sublimely powerful of all Chopin's compositions. It's unbelievable that it lasts only 12 minutes for it contains the experience of a lifetime. So Frederick Chopin didn't need to write monumental symphonies. His ballad number no. four reveals a universe of musical expression written between 1835 and 1842. Chopin's four um, harmonically adventurous ballads for solo piano inspired both Liszt and Brahms. Uh, those four ballads are considered the finest of Chopin's creation and among the most representative of Romantic music. Liszt Brahms, among others, also composed the genre ballad after Chopin, but the musical term ballad is widely associated with Chopin, and his ballads are among the most frequently played in concerts around the world. Many pianists, including myself, found that poetic interpretation of these ballads are a real challenge once we master the technical aspect of the piece. So although the term ballad uh, was associated with the French poetry in the 1400s, it was until 19th century that it was no longer merely used by only poets to tell story. Chopin composed his four ballads during his mature stage after he left his homeland Poland. It is said that Chopin wrote music for the Polish Adam Mickiewicz. Even Schumann mistakenly commented that Chopin's ballads were as programmatic as Schumann's works. The title tells a story for the music. This is misleading because uh, Chopin was never interested in music with titles, programs, or characters in the true sense uh, like Schumann. 
The narrative sequence in Chopin's ballads does not follow any specific format. It is embedded in many unpredictable um, and creative uh, phrases throughout the music. Chopin's ballads are pure music in their finest forms without any suggestive narration. Though Chopin was somewhat inspired by the stories of his native Poland, and particularly the poems of uh, Adam Mickiewicz, he wanted listeners to follow their own narration through his music. So all analysis on the content of Chopin ballads are merely suggestions. It is not necessarily to know the poem or content to interpret these abstract works. All four ballads are large-scale works which last from 8 to 12 minutes and have dramatic and contrasting subjects. They all share these common features, um, but there are no less than individual works and should not be put in or performed as a group. Even Chopin did not intend to do so. So in his ballads, found many classical forms of sonata, rondo, variations, and revised forms of daring flexibility. The ballads combine many traditional forms and creative expressions, but still true to in a classical uh, and academic standard. So today what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk with you uh, this number four ballad uh, section at a time, as if I'm a tour guide. And then let's take a listen the entire piece at the end. I love how it opens the piece out of nowhere, as if the piece picks up from where you left off from the last conversation or in the middle of a dream or imagery. The inner voice of five notes will come back later, but in a very subtle and different clothing. It is also really interesting how it opens this piece in a key of A minor, even though the piece is actually in F minor, which creates even more distanced, dreamy and uh, atmosphere. Then the first theme appears here. It's like a slow waltz. And for me, it is very Eastern Europe kind of vibe into it too. Then and the variation of the main first theme appears here. Remember the main theme? Da, 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 da. They will come back here. Um, but more sublime and more variations here. Listen. Then another variation arrives here, uh, this time more inner voices and a left hand counterpoint and movement along. Mm -hmm. 
always find it fascinating with the Chopin's music is that even though this is traditional, but very Chopin-esque, and in many times it's more beautiful than even main theme kind of thing, you know. So, um, so this particular uh, Chopin-esque transition into the next section is the very uh, has a chromatic passages embellishment. So here you go. The, after the beautiful Chopinesque section, we arrive to the second theme, which is very pastoral-like, uh, and maybe a little barcarol in the boat song or some kind of chorale. So at this point, he introduced the introduction, main theme of its variations and the transition into the second theme. That at this point, music takes a flight to another realm. He never misses this transition without adding a great flair. So this is another transition before we getting into another realm. Then at this point, he takes a journey back to main introduction. Do you remember the... But the way he goes there is probably one of the most magical passages in Chopin. Halfway point of the music here. Now the main theme, the first theme, comes back in a counterpoint text theme following right hand as well. At this point, he takes another variation of the first theme, but very much of um, uh, his nocturne-like uh, texture here as well. Then, unexpected return to D-flat major and the second theme. Remember the chorale and like a boat song, uh, barco-like theme? Uh, provides a climax of a great mastery. Now has a mission to bring this piece to a climax. This very section could have been one of my favorite moments in this piece. sure how much you are uh, familiar with his Chopin's etudes, 
whenever I play Chopin's other music, whether that is nocturne or sonata or ballads, there's always uh, the elements of his uh, etudes. So this particular section that he develops into the most climactic moment of the piece, he uses a stormy texture that resembles his one of the arpeggio etudes called Ocean. Um, so take a lis- listen to this part. And this is his uh, etude called Ocean. I hope you can hear that texture resemblance. So then we are here, the final arrival of the last minute of the piece. At this point, virtuosic, closing section, it really shows the conflicts and tensions that he was building up at this point. These final moments are probably among the most majestic section of all Chopin. And also, that's one of the most difficult sections of Chopin as well. Ballad sometimes for me is as if we are watching a short movie or short stories. Even though Chopin did not intend this one to uh, relate to any specific story or poetry or image, I encourage you to um, follow along this storyline musically or let that be to another story in your head or image. Um, or it brings a memory of your past. I think it's up to you how you're going to digest and devour this musical meal of Chopin. And please share it with me. I will always love to hear from you. Go to jimkim.com where you can leave voice or written message for this podcast. The link is also in my show notes below. I also want to mention a pianist that you will be hearing from today's recording, Reiko Shigeoka amazing pedagogue and pianist. In fact, she was my piano teacher at Indiana University during my master's and doctor program. And her presence and musical wisdom that she has taught me always stay within me as a pianist and as a person. It has been more than 10 years since I played for her. Uh, but I sometimes I wish that I could just go and play for her to have that musical conversation again with her. And I'm sure I will have another chance in the future. She now lives in Japan. And when I listened to this particular recording, I just sensed her presence, her warmth, amazing musical intuition, which really made me to miss her. In fact, I listened to this recording multiple times in a row just to feel her a bit longer. So I'm so excited for you to encounter her through this music as well. So this is Chopin Ballade No. 4 in F minor, Opus 52, performed by pianist Reiko Shigeoka.
I hope you enjoyed this flight. I immensely did. So next episode, I will explore one of my favorite chamber music pieces to play, which is Schumann Piano Quintet. I hope to meet you then. Thank you for listening. <laughs>